We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into a special edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Neil McCready. Today on uh, this special edition, Ole Miss basketball coach Chris Beard joins for about 20-some-odd minutes to talk about uh, his transition to Ole Miss, uh, roster building, uh, some of his uh, thoughts about what's going on in uh, the transfer portal, uh, some specifics about Ole Miss, and then uh, at the end, his thoughts on the greatest basketball players of uh, the modern era. So we'll get into all of that and more. Chase Parham joined me on uh, the interview, so you'll hear from uh, Chase and uh, Chris Beard in just a moment on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. But first, I want to tell you about the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, a uh, great place to stop if you're coming in or out of Oxford. Always clean, always nice. Great place to grab snacks, fill up both uh, your vehicle and yourself. And don't forget uh, Blue Sky locations in Brookhaven and Clinton. Uh, and more coming soon, but in Brookhaven and Clinton, those fresh donuts available each and every day. So check those out at Blue Sky in uh, Brookhaven and Clinton and know that those are coming to uh, other Blue Sky locations across the southeast in the very near future. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that is hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. And uh, Chris Beard and all other guests join On the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline, are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur just simply looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at MyPerfectFranchise.net or contact Andy anytime at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or call 404-973-9901. Now to the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline and Ole Miss basketball coach Chris Beard. 
Ole Miss coach Chris Beard, kind enough to spend some time with us here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, with Chase Parham and myself. Chris, how are you? Good. Glad to be on, guys. Glad to have you with us. Um, I was telling Chase, I I've covered this beat for about 15 years now, which seems like a really long time, but I I've seen some excitement around Ole Miss basketball at times, a uh, Marshall Henderson era, the uh, SEC tournament championship. There were some, some big wins. Chris Warren's shot to beat Kentucky comes to mind, but I don't know that I've ever seen this kind of excitement around Ole Miss basketball, not just a team or a player, but the, the program, the future in a long time. I'm, I'm curious. I know you've been frenetic in the last couple of months putting, getting started and everything, but do you, do you sense that excitement from fans when you're out there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're super appreciative, um, even humbled in a lot of ways. You know, I think first, before you ever think about our team and roster and all, it's just our fan base. Um, you know, timing is everything uh, in life. College athletics is no different. It's just a great time to be at Ole Miss right now. Look at some of the other programs' success, uh, whether it be what Coach Kiffin's building in football, um, certainly baseball, winning the national championship, um, women's basketball, what a run in the NCAA tournament, um, and a lot of the other sports as well. So uh, a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement on campus right now, and we're uh, we're looking forward to doing our part, you know, making sure that men's basketball is relative as well. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, all the all the conversations that Ole Miss had, uh, you know, with you and with people around you in the hiring process. What about on your end when you were thinking about Ole Miss? Was there anybody that you really reached out to to kind of gauge their thoughts on, you know, the, the job and how good of a job it could be and what the potential of the job might be? Yeah, I think one thing that I've always done personally is, um, you know, looked at the coaches that have coached at the school um, before us. And certainly uh, at Ole Miss, it, it got personal really quick. Uh, Kermit is somebody I've always looked up to. He's been very good to me in our coaching career. Our paths have intersected a few times through relationships, whether it be a Tim Floyd or uh, even guys on our staff. You know, Brian Berg and Al Pinkins both worked for Kermit before. So uh, Coach is somebody we have a lot of respect for. He did a great job here as well as every other place he coached. Um it's one of the best coaches in our game, and we benefit from that. Uh, the work that he did here, the foundation that we inherit, the culture, and, and a couple of really good players will be blessed enough to coach as well. Um, certainly before coach, you know, AK uh, is another guy that I have a lot of respect for, have a friendship with him, um, have competed against him before when I was assistant at Texas Tech for Coach Knight and Pat Knight. And so, um, you know, AK had – some some great years here, great seasons. Um, I know that Oxford and Ole Miss was is very important to him, still is today. And when things get personal in coaching, it's when greatness can happen. Um, also, I had a chance to to talk to Coach Evans and Coach Barnes uh, in the last month or so. I uh, reached out to both of those coaches and had a relationship with Coach Wetlick at all. Again, um, when I was at Texas, I talked to Coach Wetlick a few times, so looking forward to reconnecting to him. But the history of Ole Miss basketball is is undeniable. Um, I've mentioned coaches, um, and you can obviously talk about a lot of great players as well, uh, NBA players, all SEC players, um, and certainly with this job, really, really unique that Keith uh, is the athletic director at his alma mater. Not only did he play basketball here, you guys know he was a really good player, an All-American type player, so uh, that's really unique. I've been blessed. I've worked with a lot of really good ADs. Uh, many that I still have relationships with today. Um, but in the early stages of working for and with Keith, it's just special because he's a basketball guy, and that's really unique in BCS.
I know that every job is unique, Chris, but do you see any similarities between what you inherited at Tech? I mean, obviously a place that didn't have a ton of history, a lot like Ole Miss as far as what had come before you, but are there certain things from, you know, resources, excitement? I mean, are, what, what what is kind of tangibly there, maybe similar to that gig that can work at Ole Miss? Yeah, I think so. I think there's uh, connections and similarities uh, between all jobs. Um, no two jobs are the same, but there's some things I think – Certainly with Texas Tech, we were in a great college town, in my opinion, Lubbock, Texas. Um, and Oxford, undeniably uh, one of the best or maybe the best. Uh, I know all the rankings and stuff come out. I saw some stuff in the recruiting room the other day. That I guess ESPN had called Oxford the best college town, and I don't I don't disagree. Special place. Uh, the university is obviously the center point of the town. A lot of pride uh, in the people here. Not only the the people that I've met that went to Ole Miss, but also just people that live in part this part of the state or Oxford. Maybe they didn't attend Ole Miss in college, but there's a um, a love of the school and the athletic departments. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I think um, you know a lot of good eateries here. Um, kind of hard to keep your figure here in Oxford. It's a work in progress for me. It always has been, but no great people, uh, great college town. Obviously, elite facilities. Um, you know, name, image, and likeness is so important in today's sports. Everybody knows it. Um, and we're off to a not only a great start, uh, really, to me, kind of maybe even ahead of the competition a little bit with the way that the Grove Collective is set up. A um, lot of lot of um, just admiration and respect for everything that was done before we got here. Of course, we're trying to do our part. Portal's still a fairly new thing. I know you've had to attack it and you're, you're recruiting from all different angles, but I know it's probably not the right way to phrase it, but just how crazy is the portal from a coach's perspective? Yeah, I think one thing that um, is just undeniably the truth is it's still in the early stages of all this. You know, we could have a conversation today about the portal and two weeks from now, it might be a totally different conversation. So not only is it a, you know, landscaping changing rule, um, it comes in the same time as name, image, and likeness. Um, but I would just be the first to kind of always tell people that it's it's still so early. You know, what's this really going to look like a year from now, two years from now? Nobody knows. Um, as coaches uh, and as players, we don't have a lot of time to to think about or worry about the rules. You know, we're in an immediate, urgent, urgent world of trying to figure it out and win. So, you know, no doubt about it. Um, recruiting these days is roster management. Um, I think the days of our loyal fans showing up and seeing the same players for four or five years, those days are probably far and few between. And I know that was a huge part of college athletics. I think so one of the challenges now is trying to get our fan base and our student body uh, to know our players, you know, before they ever play a game. Because uh, the reality of it is some of these guys will be one-year players. Uh, some will be two-year players. So the whole thing has changed. Um, it really is uh, wild. Um, it's just we're all trying to exist in this world that hasn't that hasn't been around for long, and we're just trying to figure it out. My friend Chris Dorch was saying that he thought guys like you were really at an advantage because you you coached at multiple levels. You've coached at the junior college level, you coached at, at Little Rock, obviously, and you've coached at the high major. So you're used to putting a team together as opposed to everything being obsessed with program. I know you're you're building a program, but each year you're kind of building a new roster. Do, do you? I know you probably don't have time to think about it during the moment right now, but do you reflect a little bit and go, yeah, those those years at San Jacinto and at Little Rock maybe kind of helped me a little bit? Yes. Um, you know, when I first started coaching years ago, I didn't seek that identity. Uh, I was just like everybody else. I was trying to win, um, build programs, and 
become the best coach I could be. Uh, but certainly when you look at my path, and we all have unique paths, I think my background in small college basketball, uh, beginning in junior college at Fort Scott and Seminole, um, small college basketball at McCurry, McMurray and Angelo State. And also I've had two uh, professional experiences in college basketball, coaching the Swiss national team in Eurobasket in Europe, then uh, also coaching the South Carolina Warriors. Um, and so those rosters were always changing. You know, in pro basketball, we would have players and they would get moved up to a better job. And our roster was constantly changing. In junior college, we would even add players uh, semester by semester uh, from time to time. So I've never known anything different. Um, certainly, I love it when I can coach a guy for three or four years. There's such an advantage to that. Um, but the reality of it is my career has been uh, coaching a lot of guys in shorter settings. Uh, again, it's not an identity that I ever sought out myself. But it's just kind of what's happened. And we've had a lot of success. You know, I know when we played for the national championship, uh, we had three, I think, one-year players on that team. Um, before the portal, uh, we took advantage of the grad transfer rule uh, and executed it at a high level. Um, so I think, you know, now the portal, as much work as it is, and as many unknowns as there are, it's it's not out of our comfort zone. Um, I've, I've never been a guy that really thinks about year two, three, four. I, um, we certainly have a vision, no doubt about it. We certainly have a plan, but we also have an urgency to win today. Um, I've always had a lot of um, uh, respect and pride and kind of thought process with our with our one year players. So, um, you know, you come to Ole Miss and a guy like Breakfield and Matt, uh, they, they trust you. Um, with what could be their last year of college basketball. I think there's a responsibility on my end and our end as coaches for that. Um, you know, when I sat down with Matt and Brake and those guys, we weren't talking about, hey, help us build something. And five years from now, you can come back and watch us cut the nets down. That conversation never took place. So, um, you know, it's really hard to do. It's very difficult to win year one, but that's our goal. Anything great is difficult anyway. Uh, so that's our objective. I know that Matt tested the the NBA waters. Uh, there's kind of some talk that he's decided to definitely come back for this upcoming season. Is that accurate? I don't want to speak for Matt yet. That, that would be premature. Um, I haven't had that conversation with him, but I have had uh, great communication with him uh, and his family. Um, you know, nothing but respect for Matt. He's um, We sat down the day that we got the job. Um, everything he's told us has come true to this point. Um, I was 100% supportive. Uh, for him going through the NBA process, like I always will be with all of our best player type guys. I know Matt's gaining valuable information right now. Uh, he's played well in several different settings. Uh, I know that deadline is coming up where he'll have to make a decision for his future. I would love to coach him at Ole Miss. Um, selfishly, I think I could help put him in a better position one year from now than he's in now in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, but ultimately, that'll be Matt's decision with his family, and we'll support whatever he decides. Chris, you mentioned roster management, and I know you probably don't want to get into specifics. That's okay. But just in general, how do you sort of feel about the NCAA and this, the waivers and the process? How strict do you feel like they are going to be for some of these guys as we move forward? Yeah, I learned a long time ago to never try to anticipate uh, anything <laughs> with, with the NCAA and NCAA rules. Again, it's those guys got a difficult job. I mean, the, the landscape of college athletics changes on almost a daily basis um, as our society changes. So, the one thing I would tell you with the current situation we're all in is we we paid attention to what the NCA said, um, and they 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 made some pretty uh, clear um, statements where waivers based on mental health 
um, versus waivers based on other things. And so um, in recruiting, we've tried to be very transparent with the guys we, we, we've recruited and we've signed and the guys that we still are recruiting. Uh, but it will be interesting to see you know, exactly how it goes down. I, my personal opinion, uh, not worth much. Um, but I would say that, you know, I just hope the decisions are made based on um, what's right for the student athlete, what's right for each young man and their family, and then, too, what's right for our sport. Because um, college basketball, uh, in my opinion, is is one of, if not the greatest sports. Uh, and I think the best players have to be on the court for our sport to be what it is for so many people. You know, our country, fan base, college basketball means a lot to a lot of people, not just us basketball guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm curious. You mentioned um, you mentioned you keep trying to keep your figure. Uh, what is your exercise of choice? Are you a runner? Are you a you a you a biker? You a weightlifter? How do you how do you sort of manage exercise? Well, right now I'm on the telephone, uh, cell phone, probably 22 hours a day. So uh, I do a lot of pacing in the parking lot. Um, I do a lot of walking <laughs> in place. I, I don't like sitting still, especially when I'm on the phone. Uh, another great thing about Ole Miss. Uh, no disrespect to all the other great college campuses in the world. I, I've never seen anything quite like this, just in terms of the pure beauty. You guys know better than I do. But, um, you know, that walk from our practice facility, the Tui Center, down to the pavilion, um, through the Grove, through campus, um, a lot of a lot of walking and talking these days is, is my uh, best exercise plan. Yeah, I, I get that. Get your steps. Great at marketability everywhere you've been. You, you did the, the the fireside chats at Texas Tech that's come through. I guess what was I guess we'll start there. I was want to talk about Tad Smith and everybody got all up in arms about the possibility of a game there. But from a fireside chat standpoint, speaking to the students from just marketability, what's sort of been your your goals and your mission with those things? Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time on that uh, kind of behind the scenes, getting ready and getting organized. Um, you know, the reality of college basketball now, you used to could get a job spend about 50% of your time on recruiting and then the other half of your time on things that are very important, you know, getting relationships, 
um, with donors and fan base and student body. Um, it's not an excuse, uh, but we've been so busy just trying to get this roster intact um, that we've we've consciously um, kind of delayed reaching out to the different groups. But I think we hope for our roster to be intact here in the next few weeks. Uh, and we're going to make a great effort this summer uh, to really start developing that relationship uh, with the student body. Now, we've done a lot of things on social media. Uh, we've had some communication with different groups, uh, but re we're really getting geared up to come out of the gate strong this summer, uh, certainly giving us some momentum and when all the students come back in the fall. But um, there's no relationship more important to our program than the student body. Um, and there's some very special relationships as well. But at the top of that list, I think in college basketball to compete, uh, to become a program that can win six games in three weekends, uh, to become a program that can that can play on Monday night, you have to have a home court advantage. Um, and the only home court advantages that exist in college basketball that are real and consistent and can sustain time are, are crowds based on your student body. Um, why are we so excited and optimistic here? You just look at the other sports. Uh, the students have always really supported Ole Miss sports. There's been a lot of great crowds in the past here with men's basketball. Uh, you know, it's up to us to put a great product on the court and do our part of that relationship. Uh, but we're going to work really hard at that beginning this summer. You mentioned football. Did you grow up a football guy in Texas, or were you always basketball, or did you one of those guys that played everything as a kid? No, I played everything uh, growing up. You know, life was kind of baseball season. Um, then it was football season. Then it was basketball season. So uh, whatever season you were in, that was kind of life. Um, but actually was more of a football guy than a basketball guy growing up. Uh, just loved it. Um, still watched college basketball probably more than the next guy. Uh, I have a lot of great friends uh, in college football. Just really enjoy everything about, you know, college football. I've been accused from time to time uh, to be a guy that kind of coaches college basketball like football, and I take that as the um, the ultimate compliment. Um. In, in what ways? Just the, the way that you your teams play physically on defense and that kind of thing? Is that where the, the comparisons come? Yeah, I think a lot of things. I think, obviously, football has an elite organization to it because of the people that are involved. Um, and we, we take a lot of pride in the organization uh, that we have within our program, um, you know, making sure that roles are defined very clearly and making sure that the, the level of expectations and accountability um, is never wavered. Um, so a lot of the things, you know, with the engine of a college football team, we've learned a lot over the years and studied kind of how things work. Um, I've always kind of viewed basketball in terms of kind of football terminology as well. You know, I think you've got obviously you've got your offense and your defense. And um, I've always thought the championships are won or lost in, in the special teams area. Um, so obviously in football, we all understand what special teams is. But in basketball, we take a lot of pride in that the transition from offense to defense the transition from defense to offense, uh, whether it be special situations or into shot clock, out of bounds plays, free throw blockout, we spend a lot of time um, on what we on what we call special teams. We have a couple more minutes with with, with you. Really appreciate your time. Um, I know in the midst of all this, people are trying to put schedules together for for the upcoming season. How far along are you in that process? And sort of what is your scheduling philosophy in, in an ideal world? Yeah, a lot of time has gone into that right now, too. It's a challenge. Uh, all coaching changes um, come with some some challenges. Um, again, it used to be about the three S's when you got a job. You know, it was scholarships, staff, and schedule. Um, now the, 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 the P, portal, 
kind of goes in front of those three S's, but um, scheduling is something we chip away at daily. Um, uh, we, we've had some really good work um, on our staff. Some of our assistants uh, are plugging away. Um, Kermit had a great staff of coaches, um, many of them that I knew before and got to know kind of during the transition. Um, you know, I'd give a personal shout-out to Stacy, um, who in the transition from this job onto his next opportunity – uh, really helped us with the schedule a lot, put real time and effort into it when, frankly, he didn't have to. And so a lot of respect for him as well as the other guys that were on Kermit's staff. Um, you know, scheduling philosophy simply stated, um, you know, we're trying to win a national championship. Um, and to do that, you have to schedule on that level. So you have to prepare for the SEC. There's a great responsibility to get great home games in the month of November and December for your students and your fan base. Uh, we want to challenge ourselves with different styles of basketball Ultimately, you know, to win six games in three weekends, you're going to come across about three or four different styles. And so we think about that in scheduling um, because ultimately I, th I think the job of a coach is to prepare his players uh, to win. And part of that is making sure the guys, you know, are, are playing different types of games within the game during our non-conference schedule. Um, we, want our we want our student athletes to have great experiences. We want to travel. We want to play in national MTEs and foreign trips. Uh, we want to play on the East Coast, Madison Square Garden, ideally as, as many times as we can get there. We want to take our Ole Miss brand out West, uh, whether that be a California swing or a Las Vegas game from time to time. Um, and something that's really important to me is, you know, taking our brand of Ole Miss in our state of Mississippi. A lot of fine, great people in Mississippi that don't live near Oxford that love Ole Miss. So um, I think this year uh, we're currently working really hard on trying to get a game uh, in the Biloxi area around Christmas time. Uh, um, I know it'd be really important to me to try to play in the Jackson area as soon as we can. Uh, but my vision for Ole Miss basketball would be a game every year in the state of Mississippi um, outside of Oxford. Do you anticipate playing in Tad Smith this season? You know, I'd really like to. Um, ultimately, that's not my decision. Um, but Keith and the administration um, have been great and very open to the idea. Um, we've had a lot of success uh, with what we call the throwback game at the last couple places we've coached. Um, I know this, just being in Oxford for a short amount of time, the very first night I went out on the square to get something to eat, all the way up until yesterday, most recently, not a day goes by that I don't meet it, meet someone that has a great experience uh, in the Tad Pad, um, whether it be watching Pistol Pete Maravich years ago or watching Ole Miss win a championship. or I know there's just a lot of pride for what I think is an historic venue um, so if we could work that out and play one game a year there, the throwback game, I think it would just be really cool uh, to educate our students on the history of Ole Miss basketball. Um, and I think I know our fan base would love it. So um, ultimately, it's not my final decision, uh, but I hope we can pull it off because I think it'll be great for a lot of people. When does it slow down for you where you kind of look up and you're like, OK, this this particular roster is kind of done we can begin to do some other things is there is there four weeks five weeks what do you kind of anticipate in your mind yeah i'm not sure if it ever slows down uh my youngest daughter margo asked me that yesterday as a matter of fact so um you still you know you'd have a recruiting calendar and you could build in some personal time but um now with college basketball it's just a lot of things going on and i, I know ultimately uh the coaches association um and the leaders of our game We've spent a lot of time thinking about that. We've got to get some things figured out because uh, the spring recruiting just bleeds right into the first day of summer school. Uh, there's three live recruiting periods in June now, 
June used to be some family time. July, of course, is recruiting. And these schools, Ole Miss included, are starting classes so early in August now. Um, you know, you start thinking about free time, there's not much. Um, but, you know, I'm ble blessed to be coaching at one of the all-time great uh, institutions in our country, Ole Miss, great fan base. Got some really good players on this year's uh, first roster. Um, so, I, you know, nobody needs to feel sorry for me because I don't have any time off. Um, I'm blessed to be here. All right, last thing I just watched uh, air on Amazon Prime on on the treadmill this morning. Uh, they 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 make no bones about Michael Jordan being the best basketball player ever. Uh, most people agree with that. Who's two, three, four, and five on on your personal list? Yeah, it's a common conversation around the recruiting dinner table. It's always <laughs> awesome. You ask that question to an eighteen year old, and you ask that question to a fifty year old. It's always a little bit different, but um, you know, I'm kind of a loyal old school guy. Um, Obviously, even before uh, Michael changed all of our lives, myself included, um, you know, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and what they did for the NBA and our game and coaches um, is well documented. Um, before that, with Dr. J and Cream and all those guys, a little bit ahead of my time. So I try to base my decisions on guys that I really got a chance to watch my whole life. So to me, it starts with Magic and Bird um, and then Jordan. And then above all, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kobe guy more than anything. Um, I just um, – I, I he stood for so many of the things that, that we stand for. I think, above all, Kobe was a guy that loved basketball and loved the game, um, a fierce competitor, somebody that was always working on his craft, um, was always looking for what we call in our program the 1% advantages, you know, whether that's strength conditioning or mental training or yoga or nutrition or sleep. Uh, Kobe, to me – was the king the best of refining those 1% advantages. And so um, but it starts kind of with those four guys. And when you get to the fifth guy, I mean, I, you know, I, there's just so many of them. Um, you know, it's the greatest game ever, ever invented, in my opinion. But that's a great conversation we'd love to have about players. Chris, uh, as always, thanks very much for the time. We'd love to do it again uh, when things maybe slow down just a little bit. Hotty toddy, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Again, our thanks to Ole Miss basketball coach Chris Beard for his time today on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. We'll be back with another edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast soon. For Chase Parham, I'm Neil McCready. Take care.